I, I love this, um, this topic because it's really about people discovering who God's made them to be. Uh, when we talk about equipping, that, that may sound kind of dry or mechanical or, or unexciting, but at the core, when we talk about equipping and the reason why it matters so much here and the reason why it matters so much to God is because it's about you becoming who he's created you to be. How many of you want to become who God's created you to be? All right. Good. Those of you who aren't sure yet, I promise you, you want to <laughs> you want to become who's created you to be. And that's what we're in the process of. And that's what actually, um, you know, when we encounter Jesus, we become more like him. And that's God's desire ultimately for all of us. He's created us to be like him. He's created us with his uh, image embedded in us so that when we live and we live for him, we would reflect him. And we would see who he is through our life. And um, yet in that, there's, there's, there's all this nuance. And um, God has created each one of us with a similar purpose. But at the same time, he's created each one of us uniquely. And, you know, there's, a, there's something uh, amazing and glorious and complicated about that truth. Uh, especially as we begin to try and walk in the same direction together as uh, a church family. Um, there's something amazing about it because as we walk in the same direction, there's going to be different um, calls, there's going to be different purposes, there's different plans. That's what it means to be the body. And you've probably heard that um, analogy that's given in, that illustration that's given in Scripture about the body having all these different parts and the parts are meant to work together in unison and and in doing so really uh, function as one. And so I believe that this topic of equipping, this topic of purposeful equipping, or you can think of it purpose-filled equipping, okay? Because at the core, it's about equipping every single person in this room to fulfill their God-given purpose, okay? You got it? That's what we're after. And see, that's not, that's not just an idea we came up with. That's an idea that God has for each of you, and it's the idea and the vision that he has for his church, that his church would be so alive in him um, and so um, after him that we would begin to see this unique, um, really, uh, fabric of who we are in God. And, and together, as we go after that, we would see um, a unique unity. So last week, I talked about um, this this role, um, this idea from Scripture that is, is given to us called the priesthood of all believers. And I, I want to read um, again just real quickly where that comes from. We, we looked at this passage in Exodus, Exodus 19, where God, in informing the nation of Israel, he, he calls them into his heart for them. And his heart for them, he says, cent- central to his heart for them, he has this desire that they would be a treasured possession and a royal priesthood. That as a whole nation, they would be a nation of priests, and, and that that role would be that God's people whom he chose would be representing him to the world. Representing him to the world. Showing the world what he's like. That was his desire for the entire nation of Israel. But they couldn't handle it. Okay. 
Uh, I'm not going to go much further into that. Listen to last week. So fast forward, okay? How many of you know that when God wants something to be accomplished, it happens? God wanted that to be accomplished through Israel. And Israel could not fulfill it. They could not handle it. But the desire and the heart of God, the will of God for it to be accomplished, it didn't cease. So actually we hear the exact same words repeated in 1 Peter and um, let's just go there for a second. I want to read this. It's the same words that we heard in Exodus 19. And we fast forward. We're almost towards the end of the Bible. And God says, okay, we're going to put these in here. That's not how it happened. But First um, Peter 2, those very words come up again. The very words that God spoke to his chosen people all the way back in Exodus. Way back But now it's actually been accomplished through Jesus. And this is what it says in 1 Peter 2, starting in verse 4. It says, As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones. So he's connecting first Jesus, and then he says, "Um, you're, you're like Jesus now. Since you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, a family, a spiritual family, to be a holy priesthood. Say, holy priesthood. What are you in God now? A holy priesthood. How many of you, when you walked into the room tonight, you, you thought, um, I'm a priest? Anybody? Okay, well, let's start broad, broader than that. Let's just think about, let's start big to small. Who are we as a family? In God. I just, you can't get this wrong. It's right here. You're a holy priesthood. And so if you narrow that down to individuals, that means every single one of you is a holy priest anointed by God to be such. You didn't think about that before, Some of you, you should have because you were here last week and I told you this already. (laughs) You're still getting used to your new clothes, okay? That's right. We're a holy priesthood in God. What does that even mean, right? Because that that just sounds so out there, okay? I want to talk about that tonight. But that's what it says here and we got to start with that, just acknowledging that's what it says. It must be true. So, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's a little clue into um, what is our mission and what is our purpose in, in this role of being priests, the priesthood of all believers. He says, central to that is this idea of offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Because that's actually what a priest did. He offered sacrifices on behalf of the people so that there would be a bridge of relationship to God, okay? Fast forward to this last part of, um, in verse 8 through 10, and this is the part, um, sorry, verse 9 and 10, and this is the part that's uh, uh, really a word-for-word repeating of what God said in Exodus. It says, but you are a chosen people. Again, a royal priesthood. He's like, you need to hear it again. um, Because I don't think you caught it the first time. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. 
You went from not being a people to being the people of the Most High God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I love this. He's just pouring out identity. This is who you are because of what Jesus has done on your behalf. How does this connect to equipping? How does this connect to being full of God's purpose for your life and seeing it and accomplishing it, okay? Some of you are still wondering. We're back to the priesthood sermon. We haven't got to the equipping. It's totally connected. See, because until, and and this has been a problem in the life of the church throughout history, the church has failed to realize this call on every believer. And because the church has failed to realize that every believer is called by God to represent him wherever they go because we have the spirit of the living God in us now, every single one of us is called by God. Did you know that? You're called by God. Some of you are like, um, uh, you know, so-and-so got called into the ministry. That was awesome. Still waiting for my call. No, you're not. You were called by God already. He called you in Christ. You've been chosen in Christ. If you don't believe me, read the beginning of Ephesians. I promise you. If you find yourself in Ephesians, you'll, you'll see you were called by God. If you're his, you're his because you were called by him. And he said, God, is that you? And he says, yes, it's me. I'm calling you. I love you. Before you even knew me, I knew you and I made you with a purpose. And now I've come to redeem that. Okay? The problem is, throughout the life of the church, there's been this separation where we haven't acknowledged the very identity that God has spoken over every believer. That every single one of us Because we're called by God and because Jesus has qualified us, we now have a ministry. I love this passage. It's in 2 Corinthians 5. I wasn't planning to go there. I'm I'm still not planning to go there. Um, But it's 2 Corinthians 5. It talks about the ministry that we all have now in God. You have a ministry in God. Do you know that? It's called the ministry of reconciliation. It's the same ministry that Jesus had. And now he's brought you into it. There's so many connections with the life of Jesus where he walked through this thing and he became the forerunner for us to walk into it as well. See, Jesus walked out holiness. He walked out righteousness. And in doing so, he became the forerunner for us to walk into his righteousness. It says we're now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus paved the way for us to have an inheritance. And the prayer is that we would understand the fullness of the riches of the inheritance we have in God through Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. This thing called the priesthood of all believers is part of our inheritance as the family of God. And see, I believe God is calling us up higher, calling us to think of ourselves the way that he thinks of us, calling us to see what Jesus accomplished in in greater depths than we ever have. That's what this is about. It's not about you getting puffed up. It's not about you. Um, Well, it is about you thinking more of yourself, but not because you did anything, but because of what Jesus has done. See, I believe the church needs to think more of ourselves because God is thinking more of us than we realize. Are you with me? I might just preach tonight, okay? All right, I'm going to need some water if I'm going to. Um, (laughs) So, the church has thought less of the church than God has thought of the church. And what that's led to over time, um, 
it's led to all kinds of um, sectioning off of who does what and who doesn't. The Reformation, one of the goals of the Reformation, I talked about this last week, uh, central to three purposes of the Reformation. The third one was this idea of reclaiming the priesthood of all believers. And there had been this split where you had certain guys who got to be the priests, and they became the go-between for the people with God. See, but Jesus became our high priest so that all of us could have access to God. So I'm pretty sure we shouldn't undo what Jesus has accomplished in that regard. Hebrews talks about that. Jesus being our high priest. I read that last week. I'm going to read it again real quick. Hebrews. Just so you know, it's in your Bible. All right. Hebrews 4, starting in verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest... We have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who has ascended into heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. And because he did not sin, guess what? He made a way for us to enter the presence of God. His perfection is now our perfection in God. And so we can enter into the presence of God because Jesus is once and for all through his sacrifice made perfect those who are being made perfect in God. That's what it says uh, later on in Hebrews. So let us, as a result of this, then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus is our high priest. And because he is our go-between with God, he's opened up relationship. So the only person you have to go through to get to God is Jesus. And because of his sacrifice, now you can approach God with confidence. So this, um, and, and in him being our high priest, he actually set up a new order where actually because we can go to God now, we can actually go to God with a confidence that none of the high priests before Jesus had. Imagine that. Like these guys who were called and set apart and went through this um, immense training, they didn't get to have the confidence before God that you and I have because of this high priest. I know a lot of the language is kind of out there. It's not what we're familiar with. But I want you to just catch that. So one of the main implications of you now being a part of the priestly family, the priestly lineage of Jesus, is that you have confidence to enter the presence of God. And if you're not sure, you lack the confidence, appeal to Jesus. Because he's the one who's created that confidence. He's the one that's made you Holy in God's sight, blameless in his sight. Jesus, okay? So I talked about this last week. The first implication of this priesthood of all believers is that every single one of us have access to God now, have access to the heart of the Father, have access to the ear of the Father through Jesus. And that's what it's saying here. Because of this, approach God's throne with confidence and full assurance. Jesus made that possible, okay? The second thing, implication of this priesthood that's so critical for us is this. 
that when he called us into this family and he gave us access to the Father and he put his spirit in us, because do you realize in the, in the Old Testament, um, it was all centered around this, this um, structure called the tabernacle and there was this one place, the Holy of Holies, and he's talking about this one place where the presence of God reside and, and only one person could go into it and only one time a year. And it says it was so that we would understand that it had not yet been accomplished for us to be able to enter into the presence of God with confidence. That was why this structure was set up this way. It was ultimately to reveal us that there was a place yet to come when Jesus would accomplish the purpose that he set out to. And now that he has, we enter in boldly. But more than that, that middle place, the Holy of Holies, what was there? The presence of God was there. Where's the presence of God now? Where is it? It's in us. Wow. You are the new temple. You are the new tabernacle. Can you, do you think the priest had any idea what God was up to? <laughs> oh, my gosh. He says, I'm going to take it out of this, this structure. I'm going to put it in you. I'm going to put my spirit in you. If you have any doubt, if you're holy enough for God... Just realize he put his spirit in you. The only way he could do that is if you were holy and blameless in his sight. You couldn't walk into his presence. And now he says, I'm going to put my presence in you. We talk about it all the time. But do we realize, whoa, God was dreaming up something crazy. So now that his presence is in us. The second implication of this priesthood of all believers is that every single one of us, with the Spirit of God now in us, we become representatives for an encounter with God. Did you you hear me? The vision that God has by putting his presence in us is that wherever we go, there would be the possibility of encounter with the living God because he's with us and in us and flowing through us. That's what it means to be a New Testament priest. You have the living God walking with you. It's no longer this stationary place that you can't go into, but the presence is with you. And wherever you go, the presence goes too. So you literally, we get to go forth from this place. We don't come to this place to find the presence of God. We we actually come to this place to celebrate the presence of God that's in us. And then we go forth in the presence of God to change the world. Very different dynamic than the Old Testament. So in order for that to happen, we need to understand and acknowledge the amazing implication of this thing that we've been called to. We have been called to a ministry of reconciliation as priests. Okay? I want you to try this experiment for me. I want you to ask somebody that maybe never heard of this, but is a Christian. I want you to ask, would you consider yourself a priest? Just see what they say. Mess with them for a minute or two and then let them know, hey, guess what? You are, okay? If they, if they um, aren't sure of it, all right? And then tell them what it means. So first it means you have access to God, confidence before him. And second, you bring that, his presence with you. You carry it with you wherever you go. 
And in doing so, God has invited us into um, an opportunity to bring encounter with him wherever we go. All right. So what does that look like? And this is where the purpose-filled equipping comes in. I believe that in order for that to happen, we need to begin to embrace the call that we have on our life. We need to acknowledge the ministry that God has given us. We need to realize that wherever we go is an opportunity. And we need to ask God, begin to show us what you've called me to right now. So if, pre- if the presence of God goes with you wherever you go, that means wherever you go is an opportunity. Wherever you go is the place you're called to. Are you with me? The people that you encounter wherever you go, those are the people that you get to be the in-between, the go-between with God with. It sounds a little too simple and yet maybe a little too complicated, but it's true. And, you know, I believe, so when we as a church talk about this, I believe that what God is desiring is that for every one of you is actually to raise the bar of expectation of what he has for your life. Are you with me? See, I think some of us are in a place where we have some goals set for our future. We have some things we want to accomplish. We have uh, maybe an inkling of, of what um, our what we're passionate about or what we want to do to make a living. And I believe God is saying, can I, can, I just, can I just show you a little glimpse of what I have in mind, what I desire, what I've been dreaming up and have accomplished for you? Because it's way more than just getting that job. Are you with me? It's so much more than that. The job might be part of it. But the job is just another opportunity for you to bring his presence with you into that place. I don't want to diminish calls that we have into workplaces and and, um, into, you know, certain fields. That's a part of this. But I want you to realize that it's, it's, it's so much more than that. And so God, I believe God is actually calling us to raise our expectation for what he wants to do with our life, our little life. Because he's got some pretty big things dreamed up and planned for you. And I believe here as a church, we want to cultivate that. We want to nourish that. We want to encourage that. There's uh, one more passage I want to read. Okay, see where I'm, where I'm at. Okay, got a little bit of time. Um, it's in Ephesians. It's not, Ephes- it's not the beginning of Ephesians, but you can read that later. Where it talks about how you're called. It's in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10. It says this, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. The word there is poema, and it's, it's original, original poem. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
You know, one, one day I was reading this passage and something jumped out to me. When I thought about just the, the truth that God's, God's salvation, his sacrifice, it's not just some generic sacrifice. It's a specific salvation, meaning for, it's for every single person specifically. Just as specific as he created you, he specifically died for you. Are you, are you with me on that? I said that weird. But uh, the cross and God's sacrifice, not just this generic sacrifice and generic love, it's specific. It's for each one of us. And in the same way, when we come into the family of God, God has a vision for each of our lives that is specific, unique, that cannot be accomplished by somebody else. And when I I read this one day, and I felt like God was just saying, um, there are good works for each person who I have called. It's not some generic bag, grab bag of good works. Okay, everybody take a few. Let's do this. But it's actually that he has prepared a path for you, and he's prepared a path for me, and he has a vision for each of our lives that's specific. And there's good works that are unique to each one of us, individuals. Now, now, why does that matter? See, what that means to me is that I can't accomplish what God's calling you to accomplish. I can't step into the good works that he has for you. And you can't step into the good works that he has for me. Because I can't be you and you can't be me. Are you with me? This is really important because I think that what I hear God saying in this is that I have a call and it's uniquely for you. And so you might be waiting for somebody else's call, but you have a call. Will you answer it? Will you just say yes? Will you say, okay, God, I am with you in this. My life is yours. You know, the one requirement to be a priest is that you would um, say yes to offering sacrifice. What is the sacrifice, though? It's completely different than it was in the Old Testament. It's, it's the Romans 12 sacrifice, which is your, your life. It's, it's offering up a living sacrifice, your life to God, to say, God, use it. If you want to be a representative, you want to see people encounter God through your life, then say, God, use my life. Instead of saying, God, bless my plan, say, God, use my life. God, clue me into what your plan is. See, if we believe that God is good and that he's so full of mercy and grace and love, then we might actually ask him to do that believing that it's something way better than what we thought. See, I think we've believed a lie that um, if we give our life over to God completely, that he's going to do something with it that we, don't, we entirely don't want, and it's not going to be fun. I know you guys like to have fun. And guess who else knows that, God? He's saying, actually, this is going to be way better than you think. It's going to be way different than you think, but it's going to be way better than you think. Do we believe that? 
And if so, are we willing to say, God, okay, use my life however you want. And actually not just use my life, but clue me in to the plan and purpose that you have for it from the beginning. See, good works that he's prepared in advance, and we haven't even been clued in on it yet. Do you want to be clued in on it? Because I want to be clued in on it. I want to be like, God, just show me a glimpse. Because, you know, I've, been, I've spent enough time planning and plotting on my own. It's pretty lame. God, I want your good works that you prepared. The things that you made me uniquely for, I want to step into. I truly believe that in this room. Each one of you has a plan and a purpose from God. And as a church family, we want to see it accomplished. I have no clue what it is. I just know it's going to be good. Will you come into agreement with that? See, because I, I, I don't know if we can encourage you until you say, I'm ready for this. I don't know if we can, well, that's not true. We can, we can tell you how awesome it's going to be, and we can tell you what God has even before you say, I'm ready for it. So buckle up. If, if, if <laughs> just buckle up, okay? I want to talk about a few ways, a few ways that you can actually begin to participate or continue to participate in this purpose-filled equipping here as a family. Um, I'm out of water, so i got to wrap up. Um, don't, I don't need any more. This is a good, yeah, this is good, like, <laughs> of course, of course you do. Uh, <laughs> okay, the first is, is those sheets that you got, all right? And, you know, I know that for many of you, Serving in, in this church is just the tip of the iceberg of what God's called you to. I think it's for all of us. Um, but I think it's a great place to start. And I think it's an essential place in that, um, you know, you, you, you may be helping with something that's already happening and it's already being done. But I think in coming and being a part of it, um, you, you're going to get clued in. You're going to, there's going to be unique opportunities for God to speak into through your family um, what he's designed and created you for. And so I think, and, and, and in that also, there's, there's a blessing that we need from your life that when you, we, without being involved and participating, we miss out on. The good works, there's two sides to it. As you step into it, people are impacted and affected and blessed by that. So maybe that's a little bit selfish, but I want to be blessed by what God's prepared for you. So please say yes. Okay. So I I just believe if you, you know, many of you, again, I think maybe the central call for some of you is outside of this place. Um, And I want to talk about that a little bit more. But I do believe that even if you're busy and you're called elsewhere, the majority, you know, maybe it's just showing up a little bit early and being part of welcome. You know, or it, maybe it's staying a little bit late and being a part of hospitality. But I, I really do believe that, you know, what would it look like if we all were pitching in in some way here? So I want to encourage you to pray through that. And if you don't know where to start, just circle one. Or maybe even better, you know, ask God, God, what, what would you have me participate in? And it's not just about filling a need. I think it's actually about letting God say, this, there's a gift here that I want you to utilize and use. There's something here I want to grow you in. Um, and if you still don't know, ask, ask somebody in this church. 
that knows you or let somebody pray for you and, and just see what God says, okay? Um, the second thing is, um, is home groups. I really, it's been so awesome just to see how God has spoken purpose and identity and, um, and encouragement in, in that setting. And uh, when I I'll talk about, like, um, something special for, for those of you that never been, you know, one of the things we do, I'll just, I'll, I'll let the surprise out of the bag. One of the things we do um, for new people who come who've never been before um, is we just take some time to honor them and pray over them and ask for God's thoughts for them. And it, it, it's actually just become a, a routine because it's, or a regular part of what we do because it's so awesome and it's so good. And it's just like giving that person a gift. This is what God sees. This is what he's thinking. This is what um, he's even calling you into. And, um, and so, you know, we get to do that at home groups, and it's hard to do that here. So I just encourage you guys to come and be a part of that. And the last thing, um, the last thing is uh, related to, um, you know, taking God's spirit with you wherever you are. So, you know, Cindy sharing about actually the call you have in this season in your life to, to get to impact 170 kids. Is that what you said, 170? My goodness. Um, that's incredible. That is a call of God. And I know because I, I realized I wasn't called there. Um, and I went running as quick as I could. Um, and we need that. I mean, if there's a place where we need the presence of God, it's in our schools with the kids, you know. And so we just want to, we want to build you up in that. We want to affirm that in your life. And we want to give you tools to be able to bring with you into the classroom when you go. Because I know I believe the lie that was so discouraging that, you know, because I couldn't pray for kids and because uh, I couldn't say the name of Jesus out loud in my class that I, I couldn't. That, you know, somehow the impact I could have was any less. But the Spirit of God is with you when you walk into that class. And you can pray for your kids. Don't let the fact that you, you might not be able to do that in person during your class keep you from praying for them. Pray for them, you know. You, you, we can't be stopped from praying. Do you realize that? You cannot be stopped from praying. It's just a matter of whether you're going to say it out loud or say it in your head or say it in your prayer closet. So I learned that one too. I don't know why I thought, you know, I can't, can't do this. I, I teach now, too, so I, I know how it is. I sneak attack them with prayer. They don't even know it. Anyway, um, and I know it makes a difference. See, I don't have to pray for somebody in person to know it makes a difference. Um, so whatever the field is, wherever, you know, you might have come here for a job or you might have came from here f- for school. For our students, I want to say God has an amazing purpose for you in this time in your life. You may not even know if you're in the right major. You may not even know what you're going to do after year four. You may not even know what you're doing right now. It's okay. God has an amazing purpose for you in this time, right where you are. And I can guarantee you, you know, you guys have the opportunity, an opportunity that some of us older folks, we don't have. All right? And I want to encourage you in that. I want to affirm your call. If you're a student in this room tonight, I want to affirm your call. 
And I, I know it's something that's been on my heart that we would be better at as a church. And I, I just want to recognize that there's been moments where we've really maybe fallen short to really encourage our students. And so I just want to say, like, um, I'm sorry for that if, if we've overlooked you or undervalued you and the place that you have in this family. And I want to tell you that we are um, asking God for, for wisdom on how to do better with that, how to really encourage you and how to even just pray into the vision that he has for you in this time. Um, I know one, one of the ways, and I'm going to wrap up here, one of the ways that um, I was reminded in just talking with Maria about this for our art students, those of you that are at MICA, um, you know, one of the things we used to do is we used to offer opportunities to get feedback for work um, for students that, you know, you may not be getting, um, you're probably not getting a, a encouragement into if you're making work that has uh, your faith woven into it, you may not be getting much encouragement in that. And I want to, I want to make ourselves available. Those of us who kind of, um, you know, been there, (laughs) seen that, experienced that, uh, we want to make ourselves available for that. So one of the things that um, I know Marie and myself and maybe others that are artists that, or even if you're not, but you would like to give feedback into people's work. We want to make that available. And so I just want to say, if you're an art student and you, and you would like to take advantage of that at some point, um, I just want to meet with you guys for a few minutes right after, and we can talk more about that. And so it can actually be something that we can flesh out and make available. But, um, you know, we love you guys, and God is an awesome call in your life, and we want to sow into that. Um, now I feel like I'm probably done. So... <laughs> <laughs> Screech. <laughs> That's good though. I'm, I'm rather than try and land the plane, I'm just gonna stop at mid-flight, and we're gonna pray. <laughs> God can land it. Okay. <laughs>